Rob Lott. And I'm Leslie Erdelak. Welcome back to Health Affairs This Week. So, Leslie, I thought we'd chat uh, today briefly about two of the big headlines. It's been a really busy week. And uh, two of the headlines, one, new CDC guidance about masks. And two, an announcement that we expect any any moment now from the Biden administration about vaccination and federal employees. Let's start with Tuesday's announcement from the CDC, which recommended guidance that folks mask indoors in areas with high COVID transmission rates, which is a shift from earlier guidance just 10 or 11 weeks ago, which said that vaccinated people could go without masks in most indoor settings. Um, And it was new research about the rising Delta variant that led CDC to recommend a return to masks in some parts of the country. And I think the, the really important thing about that research that shifted our focus was um, the realization that people, even people who are fully vaccinated, may be transmitting the disease when they have breakthrough breakthrough infections with the Delta variant. Yeah, and I keep thinking about something that Dr. Fauci said in an interview a few days ago. He said the science didn't change; the virus did. And so people are fatigued. They're frustrated, you know, and I, I feel like I can be honest and say it feels like we're taking a step back um, to go back to wearing masks again, or, you know, at least for some people at a time when we are supposed to be returning to a more normal way of life. Um, but to be clear, you know, CDC, I don't think was cavalier in any way um, in making this recommendation when the CDC put out its earlier guidance. In May, the Delta variant represented just 1% of all cases. Today, that number is more than 80%. You know, still, I think it was a tough call. And, you know, some of the optics have really tried to sow doubts in CDC's decision making. And, you know, I don't think that's particularly helpful right now because what we know now, and you just mentioned this, but it's really important and it's what prompted um, CDC to reassess its guidance is that fully vaccinated people who experience these breakthrough infections caused by the Delta variant can spread the virus. These infections are still rare, thankfully, but new studies have found that the Delta strain of the COVID-19 virus sheds just as actively in breakthrough infections as it does in unvaccinated people. So, Scientists have always looked at viral loads as a proxy for someone's ability to transmit COVID-19, so that much hasn't changed. But in areas of the U.S. where you have a lot of virus circulating, the risk of getting infected now is higher even for vaccinated people, and CDC is recommending taking certain precautions to keep people safe, and that includes wearing masks. Right, and I, I think that's a really good point in the past. A lot of the CDC guidance we've seen has sort of been national and, and pretty broad and sweeping, whereas what we've gotten here is a focus on targeting areas specifically with substantial levels of COVID-19 transmission. Uh, and real quick, just to let listeners know, we're recording this on Thursday, 
July 29th, um, around midday. So I know there's a lot happening and things are likely to change in the hours and days to come. So just want to make clear that um, where we are at this very moment and where we are is that really the new guidance is looking at counties where we're seeing really more than 50 new cases per week per 100,000 residents or that really have more than 8% of tests coming back positive during the previous week. Friend of the journal, uh, Ashish Jha, uh, Dean of the School of Public Health at Brown, has described this as really a modest change with likely modest effects. So what's important to note here is that this guidance does apply to almost two-thirds of all counties in the United States, in particular counties concentrated in the South and other areas where there are low vaccination rates. The new guidance about masking indoors is really meant to protect the unvaccinated, which includes kids under age 12. And it's also worth noting that in the fall, when kids go back to school, CDC is also now recommending that everyone in K through 12 uh, classes wear masks. So my reaction to the mask guidance, Rob, um, I guess there are a couple things I want to say. First, and this is sort of a more pragmatic take, I think it's actually good that these new guidelines are more in line with the recommendations from the World Health Organization that say even fully vaccinated people should keep wearing masks. Um, Israel recently brought back indoor masking also because of the Delta variant. So this move, I think you could look at it and say it's really responsive and I think really reflects the gravity of the situation that we're facing. But in some ways, it's hard not to feel a little bit defeated when you think about why CDC had to amend its recommendations. Health officials and a lot of people hoped that the prospect of being able to move around freely without masks would entice the people who were holding out uh, to get vaccinated, but that strategy didn't work. Um, our vaccination efforts haven't kept pace with the, the virus. Vaccination rates still are not where they need to be with only about 49% of the U.S. population fully vaccinated. So without a way to differentiate between people who have been vaccinated and those who haven't, we're back to wearing masks, um, which we know are effective at preventing the spread of COVID-19. But they were supposed to be a stopgap. They weren't supposed to be a long-term permanent solution. CDC, of course, doesn't have the authority to implement or enforce mask mandates so it's up to local and state governments, and it obviously depends on whether people adhere to them. So it's too early to say, but obviously the idea is that these new recommendations uh, lead to some kind of measurable impact on transmission. You know, as we have seen over the past 24 hours, some states and cities moved quickly to follow CDC's guidance and reinstate the requirements for mask wearing. But mandates of course, uh, can be deeply unpopular. So honestly, I was a little bit surprised to see the conversation pivot so suddenly to vaccine mandates, uh, which we're going to talk about in a minute here. But like I said, I think it really reflects the growing concern around the Delta variant. So I don't know. What, what about you? How are you kind of processing the news from CDC? Yeah, I think what makes this so interesting is that every time there's a change in so-called masking policy, it really just manifests how interrelated all these policies and interventions are. 
So in an ideal world, I think there there would be a way to require only non-vaccinated people to put on a mask. We might see that in, in federal employee settings, but as a sort of national circumstance, without some kind of systematic passport or system of proof of vaccination, that's really impossible. And the, these sort of debates are really bringing that to light. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is that there's probably a lot of overlap between the population of Americans who choose not to get vaccinated and the population that's less inclined to follow masking guidance. Yeah, I know I as a uh, I, I'm vaccinated and yet I never stopped wearing a mask in a crowded indoor setting where I didn't know everyone's vaccination status. Um, and Leslie, if I can pretend to sit on the therapist's couch for a moment. Um, I think that the reason behind my choice there in that setting is probably multi-determined, right? It's due both to a belief in the evidence that masks can prevent transmission, but it's also probably some kind of wishful thinking on my part that by wearing a mask, I can somehow through spirit alone, create some kind of social pressure for everyone around me, especially the unvaccinated, to wear a mask as well, all without actually having to speak up and say something. So wouldn't that be nice, Leslie, if I only had enough natural charisma to single-handedly end the p- pandemic um, <laughs> through personal influence? So. Who, <laughs> who told you you didn't? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a a realization, I think, that it's going to take a lot more incremental work to sort of chip away at those low vaccination rates, really shifting the cost-benefit equation for people when it comes to whether or not to get vaccinated. Yeah, so that brings us, I guess, to our other headline uh, from this very busy week and President Biden's expected announcement sometime today, Thursday, um, which is being framed really more as a sort of series of carrots and sticks for all federal employees and contractors, right? So the carrot is get vaccinated and you can go back to normal, go back to work, no restrictions. The stick is if you don't get vaccinated, fine, that's your choice. We're not going to force you, hold you down and, you know, jab you with a needle, but we are going to require regular testing, masking, social distancing, travel restrictions. And obviously on one level, all those restrictions are the same ones we've had for the last year and a half they're meant to limit the spread of the coronavirus. But on the other hand, it's also, I think, a concerted effort, uh, and the administration isn't being shy about this, to make the choice to go unvaccinated a lot less appealing or comfortable in the hopes that it will nudge people in the right direction. Yeah, I was also reading, I think we're expected to hear more from the White House on a series of new steps, including incentives um, to get more people vaccinated. And it's been interesting to see how these incentives have kind of given way to mandates. Um, you know, the incentives like the scholarships, like the free beer, you know, they they worked to, uh, they, they've worked, but only to a certain extent. But I think vaccine mandates are probably going to have a much bigger impact than just requiring people to wear masks. Vaccines, we've got to keep in mind, are the best tool for ending this pandemic. But you also have to remember that in the U.S., COVID-19 vaccines have received only provisional emergency use authorization from FDA at this point. And that sort of muddies the water a little bit when you're talking about having the full legal authority to mandate something 
that doesn't have FDA approval. The Secretary of Defense actually came out and said he wants to wait until the FDA gives final approval before requiring the vaccine for members of the military. Full approval would also allow more universities and businesses to mandate vaccination, even though plenty already have. I saw that Facebook, Google, Netflix, they've all said they're going to require employees to be vaccinated. So I should say the other question is whether people who are vaccine hesitant are are waiting on FDA to make its decision before they feel comfortable getting the shot. Um, And the jury's still out on this, but I saw earlier this week about 30% of unvaccinated people in a recent survey from the Kaiser Family Foundation said that they didn't want to get the vaccine because it was too new or not tested enough. And these are the kinds of concerns that I think can definitely be addressed through full FDA approval. So the clock's ticking, but many expect final approval by the fall. So another very significant decision may soon be on its way, Rob. And I think we'll leave it there for today. That's right. Before we go, I just want to point people to the map uh, that they might uh, be able to find on cdc.gov outlining the levels of transmission of COVID right now, which uh, they're recommending people use to sort of base their uh, decision to some extent about whether or not to uh, mask indoor. So uh, so check that out. Really interesting always to see what's going on in your neighborhood. Great. We'll, we'll be back next week. Sounds good. Thanks, Leslie. All right. Until then, stay safe, stay healthy subscribe to Health Affairs This Week wherever you get your podcasts. Bye, Rob. Bye.